Hello, everybody. Man, seen a lot of familiar faces here from like, you know, 24 hours ago. Nice to see y'all. Um, we're going to do the same thing we normally do. It's only a half hour event, so we'll do it shorter. But, you know, it's still awkward to have you sit here and watch me for, you know, 10 minutes. So we're going to pop you into breakout rooms for about five minutes, let you do a little bit of uh, virtual milling about before we, we jump right into the, the session. So you should get a notification in just a moment. And um, away you go. And we'll pull you back uh, about five minutes past if that works for you. So welcome to today's session. This is actually our very first Diffuse launch. The purpose of these events now, for everybody has attended Diffuse Tap, uh, used to be in non-networking and insights. Diffuse launch is all about new alternative funds that are coming to market. I'll give you a quick overview of the agenda. So today we started with a tiny bit of networking. So thank you for uh, entertaining us in that. And if you met someone interesting, let us know. Happy to connect you later on. We also um, then following this up with Diffuse Digital 30's actual overview. So that is our brand new fund. It's a market cap weighted index fund that's going live um, as we speak. And can give an overview of this in a moment. Followed by, for the first time, we will spin the wheel and uh, Kenny and I will get grilled by Brian Walls. Uh, so we're quite excited about that. It'll be a new experience. Feel free to ask us really tough questions in chat. And then we will close as usual by inviting you all to our um, Telegram group to ask more questions or uh, ping us directly for more information. Now about Diffuse, Diffuse is not sure what we are. We are an alternative fund platform that really seeks to identify interesting investment opportunities and spin up funds around those. And Diffuse Digital is our proprietary fund family that focuses only on digital assets and gives exposure to that as an asset class in a variety of ways. Um, so I'll give it over to, uh, to Kenny to kick us off and share a little bit more about um, Diffuse Digital 30. All right. Sounds good. Let me, I'll do it the old school way because it's going to be too hard to try to point it to everything. So we'll do this. Isla, does that look good on your end? Beautiful. All right. Sounds good. Well, welcome everybody. So Diffuse Digital 30, uh, it actually technically launched June 1. We just did kind of some guinea pig money just to make sure that it's all fully functional. But before we get started, um, a legal notice, it's not a solicitation. Um, you know, you have to be an accredited investor to ultimately invest and we will be sending private placement random things of that nature. So uh, please treat that as such. I didn't read the whole thing out, but you can see it there for your purposes. So what, what's the idea? So for those of you who aren't really active in digital assets or even for the ones who are, alternative Coins is the new rage. Um, so Bitcoin and Ethereum, honestly, Bitcoin is now being referred to as the boomer coin, which I find absolutely hilarious. Um, and the reality is that there's just so much innovation going on right now in decentralized finance and DeFi. The story is less and less about Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, Ethereum's trying to catch up, but they have some pretty serious throughput issues. So you see in this chart kind of tells the story. This is the market cap of Bitcoin and Ethereum versus kind of the field, the yellow line there being the field. You can see that, you know, from the beginning of this year to now, there's been a pretty meteoric shift in the relative value of Bitcoin and Ethereum compared to the other ones. And we fully expect that to continue on as we see these alternative chains and DeFi to continue to grow. So that's the kind of landscape of digital assets, which creates an issue for investors. Uh, the first one being that the people, the products that are in the market, the grayscales of the world, they're pretty much still just focused on Bitcoin and Ethereum. There's not really any good um, indexes that are investable out there, which creates a problem for custody if you want to do it yourself um, or if any of these funds want to 
Or if you're looking for exposure to the larger market, you need to get past Bitcoin and Ethereum, but that just doesn't really exist in an efficient manner today. Until now. So that's the idea behind Diffuse Digital 30. This is a true institutional grade index fund to really give the investors that exposure to the larger market. So we really try to make this institutional grade. You're gonna hear that term a lot. And uh, we do that in three ways, asset selection, product design, and infrastructure. So asset selection, this is a beta product. The fee structure is set up as such. Um, it's, it's largely just a flat management fee. So we want to give easy and simple one-stop access to the entire digital asset space, which, you know, after the sell-off a couple of weeks ago is probably at a pretty good discount. So monthly rebalance, it is redeemable in full on a monthly basis. So there's no lockup or there's the monthly lockup, but you can really get money in and out pretty easy. So we want to make this one-stop shopping. The product designs, again, we went with tier one service providers, um, some of whom are even on call, including our lawyer. Um, we really wanted to focus on folks that are well-respected by Wall Street to allow institutional allocators to get more comfortable. Now, that's not where we are today, but we figured we want to start out where we, where we wanted to put the right foot forward out of the gate. Um, and as an index fund, we will be um, publishing an index and tracking against that. That's not happening yet. And I'll talk a little bit more about what the roadmap looks like there. So that's product design, infrastructure, mentioned it before, uh, qualified custodians throughout. Um, we're working with top tier service providers, have reasonable governance, regulation, all of the things, again, that when we get to that stage, institutions can really seriously you know, invest the way that they want to and we can get through their due diligence. So I've alluded to it a couple of times, what's the plan? Where we are now, we just launched. So we're in phase one, um, that's up to 10 million. So this is gonna be largely high net worth and family office investors, we feel. And the uh, advantage of phase for phase one investors is they also get a profit share, which I'll talk about um, in more detail. They get a profit share for the fund for the lifetime of the fund. So it's a pretty interesting opportunity because that profit share, if this thing gets anything close to the AUM that its competitors, competitors have, that profit share would be very valuable. Once we get past 10, 10 is about actually where operationally we're, we're about break even. And then we move into phase two. Diffuse spends a lot of time networking and building a broker dealer network. So we were, we're probably gonna do primarily broker dealer distribution once we get into phase two, pay success fees, scale that thing up closely or rapidly to get to around that 100 million level. Once we get past the 100 million level, we got to seriously look at what happens for phase three. Um, there's any number of ways that that can go. We don't entirely know. Option one is we can turn it into an institutional only vehicle, continue to raise money. If the SEC's figured out ETFs and we have custodians that they're happy with, we can potentially turn it into ETF and go public. We've already had conversations with folks about listing in Canada, um, we can do a master feeder. There's any number of things, but really the idea is get phase one up and operational, make sure all of the, uh, the infrastructure is built, phase two really scale, and phase three is when it, kind of, phase three is when it, when it goes for the minimum. And so the investment committee will ultimately be five people. For phase one, it's just two. So it's me and um, our technologist, who again, uh, some of them are on the phone here. Uh, we have a short list of pretty high caliber uh, folks fill out the remaining three seats. But again, that's one of those things we'll do right when we're preparing to go out for that phase two larger distribution push. Investment terms, um, just kind of like to get things going. Uh, until we get to 5 million AUM, it's 250K minimum. Um, unfortunately, we do have a investor 
count issue. So I don't think we're going to be able to accept um, uh, SPVs of multiple investors to get to that 250K. Like I said before, the fees are pretty straightforward, 2% per annum management fee um, and 20% lending staking. So that's pretty minimal, that latter. It's just, it's the same way that BlackRock, when they have their ETFs and they lend out those assets and they get a little bit of interest revenue, they do an 80-20 split on that interest. It's the exact same concept for what we're doing here. There's no performance fee. This is not an actively managed fund. Um, and because it is an index fund and we want to keep the slippage to the index as minimal as possible, the advisor, so the general partner, actually pays pretty much all of the service providers. So custodian fee, uh, accounting, audit, all of that gets covered by the GP, the advisor. So it's not coming out of the LP. So it's pretty expense efficient vehicle for you. Redemption, we talked on it before. There's really no lockups, monthly redemption, 30 day notice, all those things. And we launched we live on June 1st of 2021. And I mentioned it before, and I think this is the last slide. The, the profit share scheme we're going with is we're calling it a jump ball. So the way that it works is the earlier an investor invests, the more profit share they get. So for the first million in total, 2.25% profit share for the lifetime of the fund, mind you. And then as you can see, you know, the second million in the door, it drops a little bit and it keeps kind of decreasing until we get to that eight to 10 million. And then once we get the full 10 million in the door, that's really the beginning of the phase two distribution. So that's where we are now. We think it's a pretty nice sweetener for folks who, you know, I think this is really seeding the fund, right? Getting it to that break even, get it to that critical mass where it can get going. And uh, yeah, we do have a new website. So if you want to check this out, do go to diffusefunds.com. All right. That is everything that I had. I wanted to speak about over to you, Isla, I suppose. Awesome. Well, actually, I'm going to pass that bucket right off to Brian Walsh. Um, Brian, do you want to give us a moment to just uh, introduce yourself? Uh, we know that we, you're Bridge Associates, and we also know that uh, you do a lot of work within the alternative asset space, and specifically a uh, passion about crypto. But please uh, do give the details about you, and then you're welcome to just grill away. Okay, so while I'm talking, if people have questions, start putting them in the chat so we can go directly to that. I'm going to say, so for myself, I've been in the alternative investment world kind of since it was created. Um, I got involved back in 85. Um, I was doing stock index arbitrage in 85 and 86. It kind of blew up in 87. Um, was providing services to places like Tudor and Caxton in the late 80s, early 90s. And so I had a career there in managed futures and hedge funds, working for Dean Witter, Callion Financial, and New Edge for about 25 years. And in 2017, got really excited about Bitcoin. Um, and in 2018, started deploying more capital into it. And in the last few years, although I still act as an advisor on many of the other things, um, I'm primarily focused on crypto. So that's kind of me and, and my background and what I'm doing. I'm, I'm an investor in Westwood Ventures, Kenny's other project, and so um, and, and in Diffuse. So we're kind of a, a tight crowd. You know, I'm going to look at the questions. Where I want to start, though, with the Q and A, Kenny, is when I I know from my own personal work, right? If I go to buy Thorchain, let's say Rune, which is an exciting new project that I've been hearing about and reading about, I have to use a VPN and go to Binance and purchase Thorchain, it's sitting there in my Binance account right now. I don't even know if I can get it out, to be honest with you. Um, but so my thought is, one of the first things I want to think about is, if I wanted to do this myself, if I said, I believe in the ecosystem versus you know the boomer coin concept, could I even do it? 
versus what you're do what you guys are, are doing with this fund? Um, could you do it while anything's possible? <laughs> yeah. We believe in you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, it's a pain. Um, and, and there's a couple of things. One, if you did it and you wanted to get that access, it's like if you're connecting through a VPN to, to Binance to trade BNB or, uh, or Ripple or something like that, it's like, man, that's a whole nother different area of risk. <laughs> so that's, that's one of the things is, you know, you need to worry about private keys. You need to worry about like, oh, that exchange might shut down or there's, there's all sorts of fraud, things like that. So the way we went about designing the vehicle was really to focus first and foremost on that custody. That custody is big for us. We will only deal with it if we have a respected registered entity holding those private keys so that there's no risk of, you know, Kenny and Isla disappearing to the Bahamas with the, with the cash or sending it to the wrong place. Or, you know, there's really clear fiscal and governance controls around how and where and when that money can move. Um, so it just gives people an extra sense of security. And then because we are, you know, we launched with one custodian. Um, and I think that gives us 17 out of the 30 coins. We have others that we're talking to that can give us more. Um, and the thing is, these alternative coins, the custodians are still playing catch up. And we know mm -hmm. that. So we deliberately launched this vehicle early. We wanted to get out there. We know that we don't have all 30 coverage. We know that it's coming quick because every custodian on the planet is trying to add them as we speak. Um, so we want, so the idea is get out there, get in market, start building that track record, start tracking um, and make it just so much easier. So you, uh, Brian, while you're trying to connect to a VPN to Netherlands to do a trade, uh, you don't have to deal with that anymore. I use Switzerland. Switzerland. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> And uh, um, one, one thing to add to that is also the velocity in which custodians are now adding new coins is picking up massively. We started the project in February, and I think we spoke to 40 custodians in total. And uh, in every month, they're launching new coins. Uh, and we're kind of at the point where we see them like, coming pretty close to the top 30, um, I would say, within the next two to three months. So the velocity is picking up. And I think it's mainly because there's so much redistribution of capital from your Bitcoins and Ethereums into the alternative assets. So that's an interesting kind of uh, a, a tailwind that we're getting from, um, from just the progress of the, of the asset class itself. Okay, cool. I have one more question, then I'm going to go to the group questions. That is, um, you know, I, as things get, um, as new, as projects kind of explode, right? You watch, you know, Solana trades at a dollar for a year and then goes to $40 and then it's on Coinbase, you know, or Polkadot is at $2 and then it goes to $25 and then it's on Coinbase. Are you... And the management of this, is it going to be a strictly indexing, let the market determine it approach? Or are you kind of um, putting any discretion into the choice of the tokens and, and you know, whether or not you're in them? Maybe there's regulatory news or XRP, like what type of um, discipline is going to be used on this? Yeah, this, so um, largely it's formulaic, um, right? It's okay. we're going to calculate the market cap. Um, we are going to weight it as such. Um, there have been many a Nobel Prize <laughs> that has been won showing that that's actually the right way to do it. Uh, the more discretion you put into it, the more it, start, it starts to look like an actively managed fund. And um, at least historically in, in trad fi, traditional finance, to use the jargon, du jour, um, that, that active discretionary selection process uh, underperforms just doing a formula and don't even thinking about it. Now, that said, there is the reality of certain regulation, regulatory issues. Right, like Ripple is a good example that it's hard to get people that can actually custody that. Right, so there's like yeah. a, just a pure like functional issue there. Monero, same thing. Right, no custodians going to yeah. touch. Monero. There's ne that's never going to get covered. 
Um, so it's formulaic as humanly possible. We're not right. passing judgment on the coin itself, just whether or not we can effectively hold it. So you're not reading white papers and saying, I got a one to add. You're, you're letting the market determine what are the largest cap uh, tokens. Precisely. Exactly. Yep. Okay. We have a question here is that I'll, I'll just re rephrase a bit is so are there any like products to this? Do you have peers? And, you know, who, who would they be? If I was going to look at the, this, the Diffuse 30, who would I compare it to in, in, in terms of peers? And, and why is this a better fit? Yeah, the 400-pound gorilla in the room is Grayscale. Um, that's just the reality. I think last I looked at, there's the sell-off. I think they were, like, their one single product, their Bitcoin um, trust, as it were, is I think they have 30 billion under management at the moment. The way that that's set up is there's no redemption. Um, so that's a big knock against them. If, if people who are actively trading the grayscales of the world because of the structure that we implement, that, I mean, two months ago, the, 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 the traded price for the secondary was 30, 40% <laughs> above what the actual book value was. And today yeah. it's pretty significant discount, which means that if you're an institution looking at this, it's very difficult to touch it. And some do, right? But then they have to be comfortable with, okay, I'm going to be subject to the whim of the crowd to figure out what the discount or the premium is um, in any particular day. Um, ours is, in, is a monthly redeemable product. We're still doing that, say, 2%. Uh, Grayscale also, for what it's worth, they have a whopping four-coin index um, that they charge 2.5%. Right. So we're, we're not, this is a pretty reasonably priced. Um, outside so, of that, about the only other main competitor would be like Bitwise. Bitwise 10 is an index yeah. that's investable. Um, they don't have great solutions for the custody. They didn't, they're not putting that effort in as far as you can tell. Of the top six coins by market cap, they have two in the index. So it's just not a very good uh, way to track. Okay. Um, what custodian did you pick for the fund? So we did. We started with Coinbase um, and where we continue to talk to other people to as we grow our symbol coverage. Um, actually, Atana, uh, two of the reps are on the call right now, uh, Kevin and Nathan, hello. And um, they're uh, kind of like a parent custodian, but they just got their license um, to their trust license, um, I think like a couple days ago. So that's how fast this space is moving. It's pretty cool to see. Um, so we that is continually keeping the ear, to the ear to the ground. Who has a license that we're comfortable with and an infrastructure we're comfortable with and fiscal controls? And we'll just continue to increase the, the coverage over time. Yeah, I think you've kind of answered this, but I think it's worth repeating it is specific so is it equally weighted or cap weighted? It's cap weighted. Yeah. Okay. So it is uh, that, that chart that we showed at the beginning showing the relative market caps that, that come directly from our weighting chart. Exactly. So over time, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and less or less. Sorry, I'm talking all over you. Yeah. And, uh, and that's an automatically generated uh, list actually by our tech team. Um, and we'll do the rebalancing uh, once a month and we'll tie both redemptions and uh, and, and new investments to that same rebalance um, on that monthly kind of cutoff date. Um, what we are doing, we are eliminating um, uh, wrapped coins and stable coins from that list, just because that will be repetitive. Um, but that's really the only edit that we're making necessarily. And of course, any coins that we cannot custody at the moment will be omitted. But besides that, we, we try to keep really tightly to that top 30 list. So uh, there's a question about who is the committee technologist? You mentioned them. It's vague in the deck. They're on the call. Can you give us some background and uh, some transparency? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I might have uh, glossed over the team slide uh, very quickly. So my background um, is high frequency trading. 
Um, so I used to do that in some pretty decent size and, and really focused on taking um, trading algorithms, scaling them a lot. Like I think on some days in 2008, I think I was about 5% personally of the US equity market, which is just bananas. Um, but that was, those were the days. So that firm I was at was a company called Gecko. Um, really good at technology. They actually build themselves as a technology firm, not a trading firm. Um, so two of the technologists, uh, Jens and Eric, I know Jens is on the, the call at a minimum, they were at Gecko as um, senior and very respected technologist. Um, and so now they've been for the last about five or six years building out a crypto trading infrastructure. So we partnered up with them on this fund to, uh, to deliver uh, some efficient execution and management. Explain a little bit this idea that you're getting a percent of the staking revenue, but not, but it's not, but not, it, but, but, but it's not two and 20 because, so that's the thing is, right. Is you're not taking 20% of just the market went up 50%. You're taking a slice of, of what? Yeah. So let's say we got a hundred million under management, right. And we, so what we can do is we'll do very conservative lending where it's either into a pool that's over collateralized, or we have a very, like an insurance product, something that safety is the key for us. Um, so let's say we take 33, so a third of that 100 million, we can then use that and lend it out to people. Um, the prevailing rates are in that four to 5% range. So all we do is for facilitating that, it's effectively prime lending. Um, like I mentioned before, BlackRock ETS, this is how they work, right? They lend out those assets, they do an 80-20 split uh, where they keep 20% of any lending interest. So that's it. So if that 100 million turns into 200 million, all we get is the interest on what we lent out the 20% of the interest on what we lent out, we would take no 20% of the upside or anything like that. This is a pure kind of beta index E type. And the reason we're doing that, frankly, is to help overcome any fee drag. So we have a really, really, really good tracking to the benchmark index we're using. Okay. And then I guess another question would be is, um, as you are, is, is it an offshore fund with a U.S. feeder or a U.S. fund with an offshore feeder? It's actually neither. So we're starting with this with a, just a simple package. This is just a simple Reg D U.S.-based fund. Now, okay. we go and scale. Like, how do we scale? We might need to drop a feeder in there. I mean, so, some people want to turn this into just a public company. Like, there's all sorts of options. But just to get it out, get it to some critical mass, and then we can figure what direction we go um, once, we, once we're actually operational. All right, I'm going to throw one other larger question at you because I, I think it's important to think about, right, is you're addressing security issues, you're addressing custody issues, you're addressing, you have, a, you have an investment philosophy. What about that kind of wild card of regulatory issues? Um, so, it, you know, does this meet all the regulatory standards right now? And what happens if you know, they come out and say, you can't hold Bitcoin or uh, banking is going to be more closely regulated in DeFi. Like, how do you think about that risk? Yeah, totally. And it's, it's a concern. Um, as, a, as a private fund, we have a lot more flexibility, frankly, right, on how this, this all goes out. Um, the big question, actually, for those of you who were on the Fuse Tap yesterday with Matt Lyle, um, whether ETFs are going to be allowed, and if so, when. Um, that plays into this in a big way, sounding not super positive um, from the SEC's perspective anytime soon, <laughs> uh, which is a whole other can of worms. Um, and then the other thing to think about is when there is a cap at about 150 million where you need to become an RIA. Um, and that's also why we've kind of phased things out the way we are. Um, RIA stands for Registered Investment Advisor, for those of you who don't know. When you become an RIA, you have to hold everything with a qualified custodian. 
but then we'll be, we'll be registered. We'll have a qualified custodian like we are today. We're only dealing with qualified custodians. And then that will just make us that much more respectable for scaling for institutional capital. Um, we're right at 1129. And I know you and Isla were firmly committed to being 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> so I just want to check, do you guys have anything else that you wanted to bring up? Well, I think one of the interesting bits, and it, it actually did show up in the, in the chat as well, was where do we get our data from? Um, I think that's mm. an interesting one. And, and another bit that is me being kind of on the operational side of things, um, how do we do, how do we actually use that data to then strike an app and all those bits and pieces. And I think Steve asked here, do we use coin market cap um, for, for pricing? And yes, that's exactly what we do. We use coin market cap with our, um, with our fund admin um, and, uh, and th that kind of covers us uh, to the most bit. And all of these coins, at least like last I checked, the top 30, the ones you're dealing with, they all have north of a billion. So these are not like the brand new projects that are spinning up the, the Titans, which famously blew up yesterday. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not that level of crazy. It's, it's, these are the more established players in the space. Well, that takes us right to the top of the, top of the half hour. So um, I suppose if there's any questions or comments, um, do not be shy. Again, we do have a new website. I think we drew attention to that. Um, diffusefunds.com. We're actually in the middle of shifting everything onto the same domain, um, but there's more information out there. And as always, you can drop us an email to, to gather any information. Um, and you will all, uh, you'll all receive a, uh, a follow-up email. I should have received it just a minute ago uh, with our contact details and uh, a link to, to Brian in case you want to ask him some tough questions about us. Don't, don't feel free to sure. reach out directly. And, uh, and otherwise, if you want to have a look at the deck or any other information, just um, shoot us a quick email and we'll We'll be happy to get on a call or just uh, share the information with you. Excellent. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Diffuse Tab with Isla Krem and Kenny Estes. If you enjoyed these conversations, join us for the live version every Wednesday-ish at 10 a.m. Central. In addition to the Fireside Chat, the live event features three rounds of networking in small groups with alternative fund GPs, LPs, and supporters from around the world. Log on to www.diffusefunds.com to register yourself now.